Hello everyone. So today I wanted to talk about perception and perspective. I just watched this TED talk and it's by Min Kim, whoever controls the media, the images controls the culture. And one of the first experiments he did was he got images of different pop culture icons. He used LeBron James and Kendrick Lamar as examples. And he got two different uh, magazine covers of both of them and got people to describe their initial thoughts about what the image was presenting. And it was an interesting look at perspective and how something portrayed differently, even though it's the same person, completely changes your view on what you think of it and I guess like the conclusion that you're going to take and I think that's that's something that can be applied to a lot of different things I mean I think I talk about perspective quite a lot especially when you're having a conflict in perspective with someone it's difficult because your view is your view and sometimes it can feel like people maybe like try and take that away from you or it's big in like gaslighting and like manipulative behavior that people will kind of try and dismantle your view of what has happened so it's like they will tell you that, that never happened or you did this when you know you didn't or the twisting and the changing of something that happened when you're so set that that was your version of reality and I think what's difficult with not kind of having an awareness of perspective is that when these behaviors I guess like arise if someone is trying to gaslight you into thinking that something that didn't happen did happen or vice versa is that you kind of need to understand that I mean unless it is literally blatant lies and I mean even then it's still so subjective but everyone's version of the truth exists say you go to an event you go to a party your version of how that party went is going to be completely different to how everyone else at the event their night went and that's just because people have their own experiences and it's it's interesting because two people can have the same experience but take a completely different viewpoint from it and i think a lot of that is to do with how we are socialized how we're raised because you kind of you form opinions and your idea of life and what you expect what you will accept your boundaries all of these things based on your previous experiences so if so say for example it is normal for you to i'm going to use this is like a, a shitty example but in um i think it's like india they have it's really common to have savory food for breakfast and the thought i remember watching this youtube video like years ago and that this it was like this Indian chef was like cooking and he was like the thought of like eating sweet food for breakfast I might be completely wrong like Indian people might love the sweet breakfast I don't really know but he was like the thought of that just like nauseates me like I don't understand how anyone would want that like why would you want that but to us that's like a common thing and that's like I think an example of where something that might like disgust one person another person loves and and that's I don't want to say the issue but that's the interesting thing is that we're all kind of engaging and interacting 
in the same environment but having completely different experiences and i think that's why when maybe like confrontation or conflict arises it's difficult to kind of like find a center or find like do you ever feel like when you like have a disagreement with someone or something that you can't necessarily find a level where you can both mutually agree even if you both have completely different viewpoints i feel like the end goal is to kind of get to somewhere where like they've acknowledged your pain you've acknowledged theirs and you can kind of move forward but when your perspectives are so vastly different on what happened it's difficult to find that sort of common ground you can look at people so say i don't know we could look at like influencer culture right it gets completely slated like all over the media everyone loves to hate influencer culture but it's still getting the support and the following and i think like a big part with influencer culture is that the perception is so warped and i mean social media is just a highlights reel of your life it's not an accurate portrayal of what you're going through and when this becomes i guess your job to promote this lifestyle or this way of living i think a lot of people get kind of jealous i'm not gonna lie i think a lot of people are kind of jealous about that stuff and like they project their own yeah jealousy and insecurity onto these people but i do think that this is what i'm saying about how it's perspective because while i do think that these these people are projecting you see all these people like well they're not doing anything it's like but if you could do that you probably would but at the same time when you look at i think the damage that this skewed view of society and the reality that we live in is so normalized because we are so glued to our phones not to sound like a 50 year old person but you you kind of got to look at how perception is is changing throughout i guess our lives and I think like you can look back through like history and you can see maybe if you can look at times where religion was very prominent how the the perspective was heavily based around religion and religious ideals and that was a very central part of society and life was was that that sort of tie and how so like if you went to sunday church it was the perception of are you going to be part of the community like it was a community thing that was where like your friends were i guess back in the day meet them at church and it was like the people that maybe didn't go to church or had a different religion were kind of like viewed or perceived as having if we take away the racism from it like the blatant racism of people or it's not is it racism or is it i i'm not sure if there's like a word for religious discrimination that's not racism um but you can kind of look at especially in a lot of the media of i guess pre pre social media so anything i guess before like the 2000s 2010s i would say um especially where religion was like a lot more prominent you can kind of see how people that didn't engage with these i don't want to say like clicky organizations but i think the same way that you can see social media breeds a lot of clickiness and a lot of um elitism i religion carries a lot of that as well because you've got kind of this inner circle and 
I grew up, went to like a church school and I remember always just feeling kind of like out of place because they were constantly like ramming it down your throat. Like if you are not a Christian, you are going to hell. And I was always pretty strong atheist. I didn't really like, I just didn't really give a fuck about religion. I didn't really care about it. I thought it was just a crock of bullshit. Um, and I always remember feeling like very looked down on and like judged for not engaging. And it wasn't even about my beliefs, even the, the belief around it. It's not, I think that the issue is that it's not necessarily to do with what you're doing or how you're doing it. It's how you look doing it. Do you ever remember in school, like when they'd be like, everyone's got to pick up like three pieces of rubbish before you go out for break. And you would just pretend like you wouldn't even do it. You would just put, well, that was me anyway. You just pretend to pick up three pieces of rubbish, but like it would have been just as easy to actually pick up three pieces of rubbish, but to the other person, to the teacher or whatever, you've done what they've asked you to do, even though you haven't. And I think that's a pretty common thing with um, when you look at religion and social media have a lot of a lot of similar ties. I think this is, while this was going to be mainly about perception, I think I'm going to kind of turn this into the religion social media debate because I've spoken about it before and I think it's just so interesting. I think like a good, a good example for this can be, um, so say, the the bible for example you have the ten commandments for like a way a good way to live your life and i don't think that you need to follow a set list of rules in order to be a good person being a good person is a lot more than just a list of things to kind of tick off at, at the end of the day but if you look at the comparison of this like code almost of how you should live your life and i mean it is a great list i mean it's a nice list but if you can kind of compare that to, so I watched this video recently about David Dobrik and it was about how his house thing, I'm not sure what their house is called. It was about how there's um, an elite, elitism, like hierarchy type situation going on there and smaller content creators will like put themselves in literally like physical danger to impress david and get because obviously he's the he's the kind of most successful so his him exposing or giving exposure to these people that are trying to make it big in this industry is like it's like a power imbalance and i think that's the point i'm trying to get out with the religion is that like if you've got someone kind of at the top saying you need to do this 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 and this why oh, because the book says so, or, oh, because there's this quote that's used in um, the David Dobrik videos, and it's, it's like, do it for the content, or do it for the, I don't know, but it's basically like, there's no other reason for them to jeopardise their safety, and their, I guess, I kind of want to say, like, reputations, other than, content to impress other people and i think that's something that when you look at like religion and this this example that i'm using is that you can see both both examples are 
presenting this idea that you need to get approval from someone. So with with the Ten Commandments, say, for example, you're living by this code to get approval from God or your priest or even maybe like your parents if they're religious or it's not necessarily because you want to do it. And it's come from, I guess, a place that feels natural and normal. It's come from a place of like fear and I'm doing this to fit. And I've noticed quite a lot with, I mean, growing up, going to a religious school, you could see, especially in children that were slightly more religious, especially from a very young age, how the ideas of that, it's almost like the negative, I guess, influences of these aspects are kind of hammered in before the positive ones to kind of keep you in it. And very similar in social media, you see all these like beautiful, perfect, lovely lifestyles. You're instantly gonna think, my life's shit. It's the same with religion. You see this beautiful church and there's this sense of community and this this whole image of perfection and bliss and harmony and peace and love and light. And behind it, I don't know about you, but going to a church school was traumatizing. <laughs> it was it was very cultish in the sense that it was like my way or the highway and that's one thing that I really don't like I don't like doing what other people tell me um half the time it is because I'm being a little shit the other half the time it's just because I think there's a better way to do it and I think that's the issue that social media has is that there's always kind of try someone that's trying to do it better and it's this constant competition of who can I guess get the most views get the most recognition and this constant drive for external validation is literally soul destroying if you're constantly looking for for likes or views or approval or these these external I guess factors what are you going to do when when all of that's gone because you have no way to like self-satisfy or or please yourself without anyone else kind of doing it for you. I think that's a big kind of rabbit hole that people fall down when they kind of get into this social media type life, especially not just social media, but the media as well. You you can see like people that come up very quick and then they kind of, they get put on a pedestal within society I guess you could say and I think Britney Spears is a great example of of this someone who was adored but also hated so so much and there was this one perception of Britney Spears where she was this like sweet little girl next door but as soon as her wealth and her lifestyle and abundance outweighed that it created a conflicting narrative and a conflicting perception for people and they couldn't quite understand. And I think because of the time when that was, that was the early 2000s where positivity movements were scarce, there wasn't much about uplifting each other. It was still, we were still very secular and we were still very, I guess, individualistic. We didn't want to, we didn't really care. Like there was no, there was no like body positivity movements. There was no, um, like race awareness or LGBTQ kind of 
what would we say like mainstream media I guess like that was all still very hush hush and very like oh it's a bit taboo and especially with like if you look at the what you wanted to look like at the time it was just skinny skinny and white (laughs) with long ass hair and like well for girls anyway and that that perception while she while she upheld that it was it was constantly under scrutiny and I think that's the difficult thing from external validation is that because you well I'm not saying that she she did this on purpose because I think what happened to her was completely out of her control but it's just a good example to use that if even if you fall into every category that's correct she was pretty much your your perfect person she was this blonde little Barbie doll from I don't know like Kentucky or somewhere I'm not sure and it was it was like perfect but it went wrong so so quick because the public couldn't give her the tools to grow in her own way because a lot of people I guess like media reporters that were constantly slating her and the paparazzi they were projecting their expectations of the 15 year old girl that came out and used to do like kiddie songs they were projecting that onto her when she was just trying to grow and develop and there was this one interview she did I think she was like 22 or something and she said that she never asked to be all these young girls role models and all these parents are saying like she's disgusting and she's vile and she said in the interview like just change the channel and it's so true because I'm gonna hop back into the religion now this is kind of a hard point to make her saying change the channel you can kind of apply that to a lot of different things we kind of get into a rut of feeling like you need to follow one path or like be dedicated to one thing and we all have had that experience where one thing gets a little too much and you need to distance yourself but maybe by that point you're too far in and I mean common with like cults that you literally can't leave like you physically can't leave and with religion while there's no one telling you you can't leave unless there is obviously some people have that but it's more of a an indirect social pressure because maybe your family are all very religious, your friends are all very religious, it's your whole social circle. So at that point, it's all consuming. And if you're having these doubts and these, cons- maybe not even doubts, maybe just curiosities about what else is out there, but because you've been in such a, a little bubble of what you've been told to accept as normal, and now you're looking for a new perspective, how do you... How do you go about doing that in a way that you feel isn't going to upset other people? Do you see what I mean? Because you've been receiving this external validation for so long, once you get something that isn't validating, because if you if you are constantly pandering to your overly religious parents and then you decide that you want to, I don't know, research into um, a different religion that they don't follow, there there will be a fear of disappointment and a fear of rejection it's like a social it's like a social cue kind of thing where you you do something that's out of the norm for you and people because of because they expect you to be one way they 
I don't want to say react badly because it's not always a bad reaction, but they react. And sometimes you don't need a reaction or a reaction is you're not in the right space for a reaction and you just want to kind of be able to just do your thing and be accepted for it. And that's when it becomes more difficult because you're stuck in this vibe and this situation where no matter what you do, you feel stuck by these pressures that should never have been pressures in the first place. Social media was, it was a tool for fun. It was a way to connect with people. And the same with religion. It's it's a, it's a like very collective commune, communal way to live your life. And if used in like a healthy, proper way, it can be very beneficial. But the same with social media and religion, they have both kind of mutated into big power hungry monsters and not all of it obviously like there's still there's so much of the media and religion both that are so so beneficial but the control that has stemmed from it and how I mean obviously religion slightly died down now I, I say like the media kind of has taken over but I think those aspects are still present in religion just but it's just not as common as say it was in the 1800s but it's the same kind of dynamic of constantly looking for something to validate our experiences and I think that that kind of goes back to what I was saying about perception earlier is especially if you've had your version of reality questioned a lot like I was saying about people being gaslit or someone trying to manipulate you is that you you will look for this external validation to kind of reassure yourself that what you thought or experienced was true or real or valid or you acted in a way that was appropriate and the issue with that is is that you don't know that person well maybe you do if they're like a trusted friend or family member it's different but when you're looking for validation in, you're not aware of their perception at all. So why do you trust their perception of what happened more than your own? Why do you put your trust and your faith in them more than you put it in yourself? And that is the question I'm going to leave it on. Love you and goodbye.